from downtown, this is Tim Kitsa from NBA Jam, and you're listening to Nintendo Main Podcast. Boom shakalaka! This week on Nintendo Main, Nintendo didn't forget about Golden Sun, and did GameShark announce the release date of Switch 2? Wait, isn't that the boulder from Raiders of the Lost Ark? Gimme, 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 chiptunes! But I couldn't think of an intro thing, so there it is. Raiders? Uh, no, uh, Game Shark. <laughs> oh, right. Welcome to Nintendo Main Podcast, episode 405, your place to hear Nintendo fans talk about Nintendo rumors and other things. We're your hosts. I'm a uh, Whack Whack Tree Johnson. I'm Jeremy Underdark Warrior Mikowski. I'm John OC Remix Master Knitter. What's up? All right. <laughs> Not much. Just doing a podcast, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, let's start off our show as we normally do and talk about games that we got and games that we've been playing. I'm still working on my opus of the top 10 video, so I haven't played a whole lot of new stuff, but I did get to dabble in some of the demos of the stuff that's coming out this week, which is pretty cool. So is this your, this is your top 10 from the podcast? This is my top 10, yeah, from like three, from like two weeks ago that no one will watch once I put it up there. But it's, it's, it's you know, it's my mission, damn it. So we'll see. I don't know. We get a lot of views for our wrestling stuff. If I put a, if I put like a picture of a AEW on there, maybe, maybe we'll get a good like 80 viewers or something like that for it. I'll watch it. I'll watch it on the big screen. I'm just capturing the, I've just been capturing all the, you know, all the footage because I kind of ran out of 30 second captures on my Switch, so... I didn't capture that many of the ones that were um, that were on my top ten like I normally do. I used to just like take all the thirty second captures and put it on the video like that. But now I'm just actually just playing through them and recording it. Not all of them. I'm trying to li- limit myself to like an hour per game or less, depending. You're just trying on, to play what it is. A, play like a selection and get a good couple clips from it. Yeah, just play stuff that I want to have on there. That sort of thing. Just kind of jump through it and be like, all right, well I have this, this, and this, and I have everything captured for all the games. I just got to put it all together now. So hopefully it should be up for next week. But while I was playing it, I found new I found new wonders in Pikmin Four, and just the more I play that game, the more I realized that it was a great number two spot for my top ten because it's great. There's a lot of shit in it. I've been finding a lot of like uh, more advanced dungeons. Like there's kind of been a recurring theme where where you can only bring like one type of Pikmin into each dungeon. But what's cool is they'll be like, oh, you can only bring blue in here, but it's a fire, but it's fire dungeon. So like. It'll make you bring in the Pikmin that doesn't work with whatever's in there, and you have to figure out ways around it, which is really cool. Like, they've done some really cool, challenging stuff like that. Yeah, there, there was, like, a dungeon that was underwater, so I could only pick bring blue, blue Pikmin in there because the only, they're the only ones that can submerge. And when you, and you get a little note about it from Captain Olimar, who's already been there, and he'll be like, oh, yeah, um, the blues are, are useless. I don't know what to do with them. And that's basically the only <laughs> note, note you get. And I go down there and I'm like, well, shit, everything's red. Like everything's on fire. Like how do I, like how do I do this? Like I don't have any fire Pokemon. Everybody's gonna get caught on fire, or whatever. And then I went, I looked it up line. I was like, what are you supposed to do? And they're like, oh no, you're supposed to take your blue ones down there and just figure it out. 
just try to do it without. So you have to kind of wait till like the fire's not there to attack them and stuff like that. And you kind of there's like fine there's ways around it. Like you can kind of strategize how to do it. But it's interesting, like to yeah to have like your it's basically like sending all your Pokemon that's like weak against whatever into into a fight against whatever they're weak against. And so it's it's pretty cool. Like I found some cool stuff like that. I found this one uh this one dungeon that has like this big like liquid looking guy. Kind of looks like something out of uh what was it the abyss. Like the like a water guy from that, if you remember that movie, it's like this big like water guy, and he has like a big giant stone roller, and he basically like just rolls through the floor, and you can't kill him at all. You have to just like avoid him, so you have to just watch where he's at and just kind of work around him, and you'll 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 basically pick up your stuff and you try to carry it to the next thing, and he might be there, and then you got to call your guys back and run away from him. And you you basically he does that through the whole dungeon, like every level. He's he's basically like the Mister X of uh. Pikmin. If you remember Mr. X from Resident Evil 3, he's like the guy who shows up and chases you around, but you can't kill him. That sort of thing. Oh. He says stars when he chases you. Uh, <laughs> Does he look kind of like um, someone from Splatoon? No, he's crawler? like no, I mean, he's like the heart boy. He basically, he's basically a version of the heart boy from uh, Resident Evil 1 remake. Mm. You know, the guy who had the big heart on his chest. There was a, I forget what exactly, is the tyrant. He's like the tyrant. He's like a, a version of the tyrant. But uh, I think they did it in the Resident Evil 2 remake also they kind of brought a Mr. X back. But yeah, it's just like a th- it's just like an, an, an unkillable force that you can only like stun. They they kind of do that in uh there's a house level in Pikmin 4 too where you fight like the evil dog because there's Ochi and there's also Moss as the evil dog and you can't kill the evil dog, you can only knock it out. So it'll it'll knock out for a certain time and it'll recharge and it'll come it'll wake back up and come back and steal your Pikmin away from you, which is which is annoying as well. It's kind of like one of those characters, except you can't knock it out at all. It can't be stunned. You just need to just avoid it until you get to the very end of the dungeon. And then you get some purple Pikmin. And the purple Pikmin were like this weakness of the monster. So you throw the purple Pikmin at it, and then you can stun it, and then you can kill it at the very end. But it's pretty cool how you have to like avoid this thing through like multiple levels. And then at the very end, you finally get to kill it. And I didn't even really know how to do it. I kind of had to look online. I was like, well, what do you do? I was like, well, obviously, they just gave me Purple Pikmin. I should have been able, should have known to do that. But I just, I don't know. I dealt with him. He was so annoying before that. But it's just, there's just some really, really cool stuff in that game. And, like, the farther and farther you get into it, the more the more cool shit you find. And, uh, yeah, I played, a, I played like, a little bit, you know, like an hour or so of it to capture for the video. But also, it's been kind of like my, you know, I want to chill out. I'll throw this on game. And we were, uh. We went to we went to one of Jess's friends for Jess's birthday over the weekend. We went to Caroline's house again, and I played it while I was there, like what, like later at night. So it's a good like you know chill out game, and that's where I found that water guy was there. <laughs> but yeah, he was really cool, or they were really cool. And uh, yeah, and I've just been playing through the other the other stuff. Uh, Vampire Survivors. I went back and captured some of that, and you know I just forgot how incredibly addictive that one is. And it takes like thirty minutes, you know, to get if you get like to the yeah. end of the of the level or whatever. And I was just trying to try a bunch of levels with different characters. And there were some characters I had never worked used before. I unlocked this Panda guy. I'd never seen the Panda guy before. He has like, uh, he has like cherry bomb explosives that go off around him. Uh, he was one of the, I mean, I have a ton of the people, but I guess I hadn't unlocked him yet also, but yeah, there was still, there's still stuff to do. And I still did some like, you know, achievements and whatnot, but yeah, I just basically played through all the regular levels and just tried to do different characters with different weapons and, you know, record different, different stuff like that. Yeah, that game still is super fun and super addictive. I can't wait till they add the story stuff, but they still haven't done yet. I played uh, I played Fire Emblem for like through like one chapter, actually through half of a chapter because the chapter didn't end. It kind of had an ending that I didn't expect. 
I guess it's sort of spoilery, but I'm not that far into Fire Emblem. It's like 10 hours maybe, but they, you basically get your you get your rings stolen from you, and then you have to fight without them, which was really interesting. I was like, oh, I want to play this, but I have to go record other stuff, so I can't. So I haven't got to it. But yeah, you, you fight like this really huge boss, and then they and then they take all your rings from you, so you lose all of your uh, all of your Fire Emblem friends, and they turn them all into bad guys, and then go against you, and you basically have to run out without getting killed, or you have to like, right. you basically have to escape the map, like you have to go all the way down to the bottom, like but but fight through people, of course, on the way there, and that's what I really, I mean, that's a lot of what Fire Emblem Gage got got praised for was the fact that the maps were much more interesting than the ones in Three Houses. Where that one was more like based around, yeah, stuff like that. Where it's like, it's, the three houses are just basically like kill everybody and then seize the throne and that's it. That was pretty much all of the maps. But this one are more like the older ones where it's like hold the base or like get out or get out without, you know, without getting killed. Or There's different variations and it's cool to see that on there. I hope to play more of it. But the, uh, oh yeah, and I made it to 100 hours in AW5 forever. I'm over 100 hours now and playtime on there. Wow. So, hooray. Look at that. No, no surprise there, I guess. No, you got every penny worth that you paid for it. That's true. Well, maybe I don't know. I bought the DLC too. No, no, it's it's totally worth it. But uh, the big thing, I guess, uh, that I wanted to talk about is uh, I played the Prince of Persia demo. Have either of you uh, tried it at all? I did. The Lost awesome. Crown. You you played it? Yep. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it's good, right? Yeah, it's really fluid. Yeah, a lot of fun. Did you make it to the end? I guess it's not that long. Like I, I, no, I didn't. I didn't get to the end. Okay, I I played through it today in one sitting. It took me like forty minutes, maybe. Yep, I played about twenty minutes or so. It's kind of mean because uh, it basically sets you up like you go to a boss and then you like walk right up to the boss and right when the boss swings at you, it cuts to a video of you fighting a whole bunch of other bosses and it's like buy the game and I'm like ah damn it you should have let me fight the boss at least so it was kind of mm. it was kind of mean in that way it did a little did a little fake out but it was it was like clickbait. It was edited really well together, you know. It was enough of a demo to get me. I wouldn't say. I mean, I, I, I'm as excited as it was before, which is to say, I'm, I'm I'm interested in the game. But it was like it got it gave me a nice flavor of 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 what they're going for, and I think that you know I'm confident now that the the controls really feel fluid, as people have said. Super fluid. It, yeah. It, it it feels really really nice. Is it like the other? Well, I mean, I would hope it's like the other Prince of Persia games where you're like bouncing and climbing and. Yeah, kind of doing parkour. I mean, there's not. Bit. I guess the one. I guess the one uh, missing thing is you can't rewind time. I guess if you're if you're thinking about like what no sands of sands time? of time, you can't do that. But if you die, I died like one time. Like you just really quickly start back from wherever you died by. Like it's pretty quick. That's yeah, a blink, and you're you're playing again. Yeah, and it's really fast. It runs at sixty frames per second on uh, on Switch. Like it runs really well. It's been fully optimized for the Switch. Which is a big, which is a big deal. Like it's, you know, they actually took their time to make it look good on there. I've seen comparisons; it's really unnoticeable difference between that and the other systems. Uh, it runs, it runs really well. One of the coolest things about it that I think, and it's such a simple thing, but it should have been in like Metroid or Castlevania, like a long ass time ago, is those uh, those memory. Uh, I forget what they're called. Uh, I wrote them down. Hold on. Yeah, the memory, memory something or other. Yeah, there, yeah, there's these things the called there's these things called that. memory shards, and they're basically they basically allow you to take a snapshot of any place in the map. And when yep. you look on your map, it will show you that picture. So if you like, if you get to a part and you see like there's something that's too high that you can't jump to, you can just take a picture. And if you have a double jump, you can look at it and be like, Oh, that was, 
that was where I couldn't jump high enough, or there's where that wall that I couldn't get through. Like it's, it should a be a standard for Metroidvanias. It's yeah. fantastic. It, it feels like such a brilliant thing that's just a really easy thing where you just press down on the control pad, and then you get a picture, and then it's and it's in your map at all times, and you can delete it. You you only have a certain amount, but I think you get more as you go through the game. You get like twenty of them to start off in the demo, but that's just really really cool to be like, all right, well now that I have this thing, where did I need to go with that? And you can just take a picture of every dead end that you get to. And it'll show it to you on the map and be like, all right, well, this one, there was like a treasure up there that you couldn't get to. Or over here, there was like a, there's a wall that you couldn't break or, you know, like that. And then you can just look at it and be like, all right, instead of just going to the dead ends and just trying to figure out what they are. Like that was yeah, it's really great cool. because a lot of times playing a Metroidvania, you just have this huge map and you don't necessarily remember the details of what was there at those locations. You have a vague idea of, you know, I turned left here and I went right there or whatever, but you might look at the, you know, the forest and say what what forest was that was that this forest or that forest just having a, a snapshot there on onto the map of what you actually saw is really helpful yeah yeah and it has a it even kind of has a a very metroid thing it has little like elevators where you go from like one area to another so it does that same like mm-hmm. going down a tube thing that you would see in metroid which i, I saw that and i was like oh yeah there we are so they do that where you transfer one area to another and you hit a little elevator and you go up and down so I was like, oh, they, they, there's some Metroid stuff there. But it got it got really, really high praise from a friend of the show. Janet did a review of it, comparing it to like Metroid Dread and Ori in the Blind Forest. And hmm. a lot of people have been yeah. like, yeah, t- saying great things about it. And I was kind of, last week, I was sort of like, eh, you know, whatever. But now I'm like super on the boat for it right now. Like, uh, I'm planning on buying it whenever I whenever I get paid for the past couple things that I did. So, you know, we'll see when that happens. Hopefully it happens this weekend, but, uh, you know. Who knows? But no, I'm definitely on the, you know, I'm definitely on the other side of the fence now. I'm like, I'm super into getting it. Cause yeah, it's, it's fluid as fuck. It even feels like, it feels like a fighting game. Like with the, yeah, you know, with I'm the dodging and the dodging and the parrying and, and you can even do juggles and stuff like that. It kind of even reminded me of Mortal Kombat a little bit, Mortal Kombat one, even, you know, just with the battle. Yeah, juggling is fun. Yeah. So you can do, you can do really cool shit. And there's a, yeah, you get these different amulets that you can unlock that'll give you different abilities. Like what, like the one that I was using, as I was using the one that gave you like an extra, an extra combo where you can hit like five times instead of four times. And there's another dodge where you can like dodge automatically behind the person whenever you hit the dodge button. Like there's, there's different things that you can do, or there's like a, there's like a one that where, uh, where you can collect the shards or whatever easier, you know, like the magnet one where it, where it pulls it to you. There's like different stuff like that. Or I got, I got another one that gave me like an extra, an extra bit of life, you know, like another another thing uh, to to make your uh, health bar higher and all that. So, yeah, there's different things you can do. It, it it's crazy with the um, uh, accessibility options, from what I heard. Like you can even like you can even tweak it to be like, you know, like oh, this didn't like I wasn't able to dodge fast enough, so I'll make the dodge window like shorter or longer or whatever. You can even like adapt it in that way if you want to get crazy with it. Like if you if it doesn't feel right, you can adapt like the time that you hit the button to dodge away from the person and all that stuff. There's like sliders for everything. It's pretty cool. It's pretty like, yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome that you can do that. You can go that far into it in detail. And even like on the, even on the uh, difficulties, you can do that too. Like whether you want, like, like say you want the bosses to hit harder, or you want yourself to like lose more life or whatever. You can change all that shit too from the beginning. You can make your own like custom difficulty where it was sliders, like to, depending on how you want to make the game and all that. It's real. Yeah. I was really impressed. And I just played, like I said, I just played like 40 minutes of the demo, but I thought, yeah, it played really, really well. It does, yeah, it does the jump off the wall, like the spinning off the, the flagpole, like, you know, that sort of thing. And yeah, super, super fluid. 
Like, you know, normally I don't like playing 2D games with the analog stick instead of the digital pad, but it took me about two yep. minutes and I was already like, all right, this is fine. Yeah. This is great. And then you can hold You a, can't play it with a digital pad either. It's not an option. Yeah. You, well, I mean, you could. I mean, but you, I don't miss it. I mean, I was saying you can, if you have an 8-bit dough uh, 2.0, uh, you can switch them in the app, you know, but if you want right. to, but it's, you know, it works at analog, like you can, you know, where you can walk slower if you push it and push it less and all that. So I would think that it would... They would probably like not work that well to you in in the end if you did it that way. But uh, yeah, no, I, I totally recommend uh, playing the demo. Unfortunately, it doesn't continue into the game. It just kind of gives you like a small section, and it tells you that right up front. It's like we're just going to give you a little section of the game just to give you an idea. But it's only yeah, it's like less than an hour. It's just yeah, you get it's nice to just like feel how how good it feels and all that. You know, sounds like it worked on you. Yeah, definitely. Well, that and all the reviews, you know, a lot of people have really been blowing it up big time, like about uh, about how good it is and all that. And I thought I I uh, I made a, you know, I was like, I was like, I got to play it before the, I was like, I got to play it before the podcast, so I have something new to talk about <laughs> instead of <laughs> just instead of just talking about the things I've been talking about for three weeks. So, but it comes out, it comes out on Thursday. I'm excited. Uh, I mean, whenever I get some extra money, I'll definitely look into it. Um, I started playing. Uh, I started playing the. Um, the other game that's on there, the other demo, another code, another code, yep, another code, yeah. I I, I played that. Um, this this game, this game for uh for our patrons, uh, this game right here, <laughs> Trace Memory, which I found my DS copy. I don't even think this is mine. Actually, I think I borrowed borrowed it from somebody and forgot to give it back to him. I don't think I actually bought this game, but uh, yeah, it's a it's got it looks much. I mean, it looks much different than the game than the DS game does. And I even like watched some videos of it just to like remember what the ds one was the ds was all like top down you could still move around but this one is all like y'all fully 3d you know you move it's very much a point and click game but the cool thing about the demo is the demo does carry into the regular game so if you play the demo for however many hours if you buy the game you'll start where you were so that's always that's always a great thing like i do i do like that it's like it's like 60 bucks but it's coming with two games it's this game and also the one that was in release in japan it didn't come out here but they fully, you know, they fully redid everything. It's fully voiced. You can change it all to Japanese if you want, which I did. The vo- the uh, you know, the the lip sync is really good on Japanese and all that. It looks great. Um, if you want to, you know, I I recommend giving the demo a try just to see how pretty it looks because it does look really really good. Like uh, I tried it for a few minutes and, and then I got distracted with something else. I, I I I can't really say I played it, but I, I tried it for like five or six minutes. Oh okay. And it d- does look pretty. The other thing that I thought was funny about it, it was th- this is the second game. That we got this week that begins with a boulder obstructing your path. I'm just like really again. <laughs> yeah. What? I, what is? Is what that, else? Is I that mean, that, after after Raiders, that boulder got a lot of work. So you gotta be you gotta, <laughs> yeah, you gotta buy the hustle. <laughs> Was there another game that you played that had a boulder in, in front of everything? Yeah, Golden yeah, Sun. Golden Sun. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't played. I haven't, yeah, played, I haven't played Golden. The very Sun beginning yet. of Golden Sun. No spoilers because it's the very be- like first scene. The boulder rips. There's this boulder that rips through the town and kills the main character's dad, and then one of the other main characters, like entire family, and then uh, other people too. But there, there's a really harrowing, like sad scene to start out an RPG. I'll tell you what. Hmm. Yeah, it's been a while since I played it. Uh, I wanted to like turn it on just to have it in the background, but. If you just turn it on, you just have to start the game. It, there's like no title screen. It's just like what's your name, and you type in your name. But the mm-hmm. one that's on back here is actually my old Golden Sun game, the, which I've already oh. started a game on. So it does a demo mode. But gotcha. the other, is that but through the, the Wii U or is that through the? Um, 
that, is that through the Game Boy Player? That is from the Game Boy Player. That is the okay. that is the physical awesome. copy of Golden Sun back there. Is what that is. Hell yeah! Well, I wanted to see if I still had it, and I did still have it. So Golden Sun one, never played two. That was one of the first games I had for the Game Boy Advance. I think I got that and Tony Hawk two at the same time. I think the, I got that and uh, Yoshi's Island. Oh, and, uh, Circle of the Moon as well for Advance, or I mean for the regular Advance or for the SP, the backlit really one advanced. or not the not the backlit one or the regular one. No, because the regular, the regular one. yeah, the regular one. I think the first two games I got was Circle of the Moon and Tony Hawk Two, probably, which were both yeah weren't great to play on on a no light handheld. <laughs> you had to find the night. You had to find the the perfect lamp to like put right behind it, or, or play it in the sun, or something like that, and make it make it look right. Golden Sun looks great on like stretched up on the big screen. They did a really good job with it, and the the style is timeless. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. sort like of trying to emulate like a, right. It was sort of trying to emulate like like Final Fantasy and stuff like that, but in a more stylistic way. So it was 3D, but not really. It's just like taking advantage of the multiple like parallax effect or whatever the Game Boy could do with it. Because I guess it was technically 32 bits. I remember that. I just remember there were like pretty big sprites in there, and they mm-hmm. kind of had like a little like camera movement like when you would fight it would kind of yeah. like the tilt, tilt around out. you to try to make and there were some pretty cool like super moves that you could do with the gins where you would like yeah. drop a meteor from the sky or whatever and i, I pretty remember much doing like stuff like summons, that yeah, yeah from final fantasy yeah it kind of reminded me of uh some of that stuff i mean i always like you know any you know i like rpgs that have big i big forgot how that you like, do like that how old school it is though i mean it's still got random battles so you don't see the enemies like that shit persists we can. I was gonna say we could transition to Golden Sun since we're already talking about it. Uh, Golden well. Sun. Golden Sun got uh, got announced and released in between episodes of last episode and this episode. Uh, it yep. just came out. It, you know, it's one of those things. Uh, I don't even know why they do this anymore. Where they tell you that it's going to be out on Wednesday, but then it comes out on Tuesday. That seems to be everything. Maybe they mean Japan time and not American time because they're always like, right. "This is coming out on this date," and then it comes out the day before. So it's like okay, because it technically came out yesterday. And it'll normally come around on like seven or eight, but yeah, it was announced on like Thursday or Friday. Right, I will after say it's recorded. the it's the first time that there's been a game added to the uh, the uh, Nintendo Online, you know, like for free, where it's it it was like checking online to make sure you could play. Like it usually only does that game with games I've preloaded. I thought that was interesting that it did that. Oh yeah, it's done. It's done that to me a couple times. For It'll the, do that if for you've the not Nintendo Switch it. Online. Yeah. If you've not played the app in over two weeks or something, that it'll oh, okay. do it. Yeah. So, so Kirby was already on there then, right? Kirby. Or did, that, or did Kirby, Kirby get was? Yeah. Well? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Kirby, yeah. Kirby was I, I haven't played since Amazing Mirror was added, so it's been a while. Because it was added, like it was like you have new things to play. That was one of them. Yeah, I played that one, and I, and I, I forgot I had bit. the European and Australian or whatever versions on, and so I was like, "How oh, holy shit! I missed a ton of games." Oh yeah. Just, <laughs> I have that. I tried to turn that off. I have that for the 64 one, you know, where it has all the different uh, covers for different things. It makes it kind of more confusing, but whatever. It does. I think Golden Sun might, might be one of the least played Nintendo games that I actually owned a physical cartridge of back at, at the time of release. Because I, I don't think I ever made it even past the first, whatever, the first the chapter. Or, I, I don't remember seeing anything beyond the town getting destroyed by the boulder. So I, I don't know. It just didn't appeal to me, like Jeremy said, random battles and all that. I just I remember hearing it got great scores back in the day, and and I was getting a Game Boy Advance. It's like, all right, I'll I'll ask for this, and I, I ended up getting the Game Boy Advance for my birthday with Golden Sun and then Yoshi, 
And so I really didn't ever give it a fair shake. I didn't never give it a try. Maybe I'll give it a try now. I just remember it getting kind of complicated with the gins. Like that's that's what sort of like turned me off on it because every time you summon a gin, it actually changes your stats completely, like your like your HP and your MP even and all that stuff. And that was kind of annoying to me. So that was why I didn't make it all the way through because I didn't realize that it would con- it would completely change your characters depending on what you summon and what time. And that was really annoying if you're in a boss and then all of a sudden you have like half the hit points that you did before because you summoned what everything just whatever to just get it to do a move. Like it was kind of hard for me to wrap my head around that and collecting them. There was a lot of them and it was kind of hard to find them all. And I think that's kind of what turned me off of it and why I never finished it. But I did play a good amount of it and I think I got it when it came out. I remember owning it around whatever whenever I worked at that gas station in Lincoln. For some reason, uh, Golden Sun reminds me of that of the old uh what was it it was like the it was like the quick stop but it had a different name it was like similar to that i, for, I forget what it was called it was but it, it was called like fast mart or something like that but it was some uh it was some uh, uh whatever uh some some uh gas station that i worked at so you'd play your game boy advance at the gas station no it just it, it for just for some reason my name might i remember golden sun around that time like buying it around that time when i worked there but have you, so you've both played it then? Or you just played it for a second just to make sure it worked? I played it for a I second. Pl- yeah, I played it for, just to get, basically like John was just saying, I played up through the, the boulder destroying things. Just want to make sure it'll turn on, you know? <laughs> like when you buy a used game and you just you just uh, put it in your system just to make sure it works. That's, that's like, I mean, that's I wanted, yeah, I wanted to see what it looked like. And I, I just completely uh, forgotten about what, what the game looked like. Yeah, I wanted to refresh my memory. I mean, I've played it somewhat recently. I think I played it. I think I have it on the Wii U app. And then uh, I'm pretty sure I own it. It's just buried somewhere. But I think I have the actual cartridge as well. Yeah, I found my first one. I never had the second one. Uh, interesting thing. You, you can you can transfer your stuff from one game to another. Right. But you have to do it with two switches if you want to do it. You can't do it with oh, one really? switch. Yep. I, oh, I, I read like, that online. Like simulating the link cable somehow. Exactly. Yeah, you, you have to. That's the only way you can do it is sim, is to simulate the link cable over internet. So you need. So you would have to like. I don't know how you would even do it. Like you, you would basically have to like have two different systems with two different profiles or something like that, and hook them up together online, and then you that's can good. then you connect the link between one or the other. Yeah, I read that on uh, during the announcement. It said, uh, or maybe it was in the video. Even it said like. Uh, you can do the link, but you need two different systems, two switches. And I'm like, how the fuck are you supposed to do that? Like, what? <laughs> I don't know how you would even. And I send it to you, it and then like you send it back oversight. to me or some shit. I don't even know. Yeah, like, how would you? Would it? Yeah, I don't even know how that would fucking work. Like, uh, yeah. See, I really yeah. wonder sometimes how much these things are just like Nintendo copy pasting files. Like, I think they have a whole library of these things ready to go, and and. Boom! Copy paste, make work. Like that seems like something that that someone should have put a little bit more work into. Yeah, especially we're going to release this, these two games at the same time. Like you could. Didn't have, they do it with the the Oracle games? Can't didn't they make it to where you could just like? I those are just codes. Well, I, I was going to say, I was going to say, you can do it for um, you can do it for Golden Sun. T- you can do it without two switches. You just do the code instead of the link. I'm saying, oh, if there you wanted, is a code. Okay. If you, there is a code for Golden Sun as well. And if you, but if you want to do the link, yeah, you have to have two systems to do it, which I don't even know how that would work. You would have to play on two separate profiles or whatever. It's really stupid. Uh, I think that's, yeah. they're just trying to trick you into buying another Nintendo Switch Online uh, expansion pack account or something like that is what it seems like. But it seems kind of pred- predatory there. But, All for Golden yeah, Sun. Yeah. But people, you know, the Golden Sunners, they, they love that Golden Sun. So hooray, I, I guess. Know. 
But I mean, I'm happy it's on there. I don't know if, yeah, I don't know if I'll play it anytime soon. I might try it a little bit. But I mean, it's like I said, I thought it was pretty complicated at the time when it came out. But I did think it looked really, really pretty. And I thought it looked great. And I liked that you had other abilities that you could do that Isaac could kind of like tele- telekinetically move stuff and stuff like that. Like that was cool. I remember there were like puzzles inside of the uh, inside of the dungeons, which which was which was interesting. Yeah, they have those big like ghost hands or whatever they're called. Psych, it's psych power. Telekinesis. Yeah, you can move shit with your mind. But it shows like an actual hand, which yeah. is I remember being very striking at the time. I remember they ask you a lot of questions also in the game. Like even in the first like couple minutes, your mom is like, it's like can we leave now? Do you need other stuff? And you could say no. And she'll be like, no, we still got to go. <laughs> we still got to leave. Yeah. yeah. But, they, but yeah, they, well, there, was, there was a guy who was like, I was running from all the falling boulders and there was a guy laying there like, like on, on death's door. And the question was something like, do you think I'm going to make it? And I said, no. And then, then he just like kind of gave up and died. And I wondered like, did that make a difference? But I said, yes. <laughs> would he have joined it does party? make a difference. If you say, yeah. if you say you're going to be fine, he'll get up and be like, wait, I'm not even injured. Seriously. He, he does do that. Oh, does he really? Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know there was a difference in how, like what you said to him. That's funny. He just laid uh, there. He's dead. Cause of me. I don't <laughs> hope. Yeah. Look what you've done. You killed that guy. <laughs> you, t- you get to sleep with that now. I just remember, yeah, the, they'd be like, you'd go to town and they'd be like, are you on adventure? And you'd be like, yes or no. It's like, if you say no, will it, the game just end? If you're like, no, I'm not on an adventure. And then it's just like game over. It you just know? turns into a life sim after that. Yeah, then you just have to. Until the boulder kills you. You're always looking over your shoulder for that boulder. You just have to live there <laughs> until the boulder comes to get you. It's like Final Destination Boulder Edition. I mean, it's a cool game. Um, I do remember being, yeah, the other thing that even at the time I found a little annoying, but. I guess it makes sense. Is was like how much the uh, emotes appear above their heads. It's just like oh concept. yeah, yeah. I, I did think it was cool. Like when you did the different uh, when they ask you stuff, and it would show like him like uh, nodding his head or shaking his head, like for the two uh-huh. different. Like I thought that was interesting that it showed like the facial expressions and stuff because you know you miss stuff like that when it's when the sprites are too small and you can't really see like I don't know it's, it it doesn't give you as much as much emotion as much emotion. I don't think if you don't see them like reacting to things mm-hmm. like the, the super Nintendo final fantasy games kind of spoiled you on that, but not every game was like that, you know, where you would see, it would just be like a just static face with a, with text or whatever. I like, um, you know, it's, it, it was around in other games at the time, but I like to think about Hades when you're, when you see the, the dialogue, it shows like a close up view of their face and then you can see the different expressions as you like scroll through it. That's how it should be. I'm happy. I'm happy that Golden Sun's on there, but I'm still kind of mad that none of the F Zero Game Boy Advance games have made it yet. It's like, I guess, yeah, we got our F Zero ninety nine, but come on, where's that maximum velocity at? It was in that same video. It was right next to Golden Sun one. You said it was coming last year. We didn't get it. What the fuck, guys? We could have just got Golden Sun one and maximum velocity. Nobody's gonna get through it like in a day or whatever. It's a long ass game, you know. It takes some time before they get Golden Sun one. Mm-hmm. These are like fucking hundred hour RPGs. Just give them one of them and maximum velocity at the same time. That's what I want. It might actually be fun to go online and find somebody's code and then start two off like OP as fuck. Oh, I'm sure you can find. I'm sure you can find some. I'm sure there's like. I'm sure Oracle, the Oracle's games had that too, right? Where it's like some of them are probably 
Yeah, like it's like get if you want this, use this one or this one or you know, there's probably different variations to it where you can kind of stack whatever whatever you need to in there. I could see that happening. But yeah, that's that's no that's fine for me. You guys can talk whatever what do you whatever you got on there. I guess we uh cool. we have um I think I put we have, we did get a couple codes from a couple uh future guests that are coming. I don't know how the embargo works exactly for both of those. I did reach out to one of the guys and I haven't heard anything back, so we're just not going to talk about it. But we uh shouldn't. but we did get but we did get a couple things that I'm very excited to talk about in the future. Just know that we got some cool stuff coming up. Yeah. So, so yeah, Trey Trey has been playing new games besides. I did play yeah, I did play one new game that was I had a lot of fun with. And I played two. Yeah. And John played two. But uh yeah, no we'll we'll have a we'll have a guest next week. Hopefully talk about it. And then this whole cryptic thing will make sense. Yeah. I mean I can note I can mention that the release date it just said not to talk about specific game parts or whatever. But we'll talk we can talk about that later when we talk about news or whatever. Alrighty. Well, can you hear me okay? My headphones yep. just freaked out. Okay. I can hear you. Well, I didn't have a whole lot to talk about um, other than the uh, playing some of Golden Sun, but I did play, I finally did boot up Trombone Champ because I haven't played it on Switch yet, even though I've owned it for a couple weeks now. And uh, let me tell you what, it's still fun. And I was That's laughing and I and I played it for probably close to an hour and it, my hand, my wrist was hurting so bad. I you were using the, the... I was using like, the tilt, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wait, so no, I was you... using I was using my eight uh, bit dough like pro controller and just doing yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. And you can like kind of reset it, and you can kind of like just do one hand a little bit, but it's kind of hard with the, I don't know. It, it puts a lot of pressure on, and I keep wanting to go for the R two trigger instead of the R one, and the R one's a lot easier to hit. Yeah. But my finger naturally wants to go for the bottom one, and that one's a lot harder to to hold down. Like it really starts to fatigue my index after a while, but. It was it was reminding me of how much I would just keep playing Guitar Hero, even though it was like killing my wrists. I would just keep doing it <laughs> because I was having too much fun. So yeah, I was doing that. Um, I really, I mean, I, I stand by what I said last year, whenever I first talked about two years ago, that I wish there was better music in it. But what's in there is funny. Like these are like familiar songs that are kind of built into our cultural consciousness at this point. So. You know, also known as public domain, but yeah, a lot of classical pieces. And um, I guess what I've thought about it, like someone actually has to record a trombone part for each of those, or at least program some kind of synth line into it, or whatever. So that would make sense why they haven't. You know, they'd probably have to license the song and all this other stuff, and then the game would probably be a lot more expensive or whatever. But I think yeah. it'd be cool if they did like a la carte, or like if they did like packs you could buy. I would buy like a five dollar pack that had like four or five new songs in it that were licensed or whatever but i don't I buy know a I nintendo guess. pack i just need to put that out there every time that i can like yeah why, why is there no nintendo pack of songs i mean yoshi's island would be so fun if you did like touch fuzzy get dizzy and you had to like go whoa like, yeah yeah during that part that'd be so cool how'd you like the the joy car controls i only played it with the the one type of controls because like I, I, I turned it on and i just kept playing okay. and uh and i didn't change the controls or like mess around with it i just played it for what happened was uh, Shauna was working out, so she needed the TV downstairs to like because there's the most room to work out. So I was like, "All right, I'm gonna go upstairs and play Switch while you do that." You know, I'm not just gonna sit in there and watch her do a routine or whatever. Is, is it so still I came up here? Is, is it still just dance with weights? Is it still no? With she's leg weights. She's doing other stuff. Or, or has she moved on to other things? She's got YouTube videos she watches. I don't know. Like I said, I'm not 
really down there. I think it's more like yoga and stretching and squats and stuff. But anyway, while I was up here, that's when I was like, you know what? I'm going to play trombone champ. I'm going to turn it up real loud. She didn't say anything about it, but I was really hoping that she would get annoyed or something. But It is pretty loud. Like when I first got it, I turned it on. I was like, wow, this is loud and I'm terrible at this game. Those, those are my thoughts. Yeah. I, I think everybody game. sounds terrible no matter how good you do. I think like, it's supposed if you to listen, sound kind if of you terrible. Just listen, yeah. Exactly, because if you just listen to like the demo tracks as you're choosing them, the trombone sounds a little off. I think it's supposed to. Yeah. Also, trombone's not meant to be like a lead instrument. It's just not that kind of... <laughs> it's usually just not meant to be played like that, as far as I know. I could be wrong, though. Don't come at me, trombone players. I'm sorry if you feel like it's a lead instrument. I mean, I saw Jer play at that... Uh, you know, when we saw that show, Trey saw it as well. When Jer got up in the uh, balcony and was playing the trombone down over the audience, that was pretty cool. That was more like a solo, though. That wasn't like the lead line of the whole song anyway other than that i've been playing Baldur's gate 3 and i'm i'm fully into this like i would i I already kind of knew it was going to be like analogous to how deeply i got into elden ring last year but that's totally what's happening and i'm and i'm listening to the podcast about it same guys uh doing it it's called real lich hours i've probably mentioned it before but yeah i've listened to real lich hours by the uh watch out for fireballs dudes and um they're way behind me at this point so that's cool because now i can kind of like hear what i missed and it's too late to like go back and change it that's just the way the game is so it's just kind of interesting to hear and what's really cool is that for their podcast they're doing um kind of like a lawful good one character is like doing a lawful good build and the other person's doing the dark urge build which is basically like the literally the darkest the most evil you could be in the game and is represented by a compulsion in you to want to do all the worst possible things, including like kicking puppies and, you know, just deviant or just really dark, dastardly things, killing people, maiming them, blacking out and waking up and being surrounded by murdered people and stuff like that. My sister says it's basically the hard mode. Yeah. Oh, is your sister playing the dark urge? She tried it before. Um, she says, I don't recommend trying it early on. Okay. Well, that's cool because, I mean, I already see myself playing this again. The difference is in the, what I'm hearing of people's experiences, just even just those two guys, but in other people I've talked to, my friend Dan's playing it, Dan, who's been on the show, uh, he's also playing it. And yeah, we just are having entirely different experiences and that's really cool. And uh, I'm also just being forced to learn how to play a tactics RPG. Finally, I'm like, whatever i guess i have to do this because the story's so good and the characters are so good and and it's so open-ended what you can do in it like there's just so many different possibilities of how you can approach any situation and more so than i would say like a fire emblem you know you've got there's just way more things you can do and then it's kind of a little bit like final fantasy 7 where you can like teach everybody everything if you like do it right with scrolls and stuff so you can kind of like, you can create whatever party you want out of the characters they give you, or you can just leave them on default. For the most part, I just leave them on default. But like, the more I learn about the game systems, the more I want to like start over again and have a different approach. So, but needless to say, I think I'm nearing the end of the first act. As people have been saying, there's like three acts in the game, and uh, I actually went ahead and did something I was I don't think I was supposed to do yet that I was like under leveled for, but I got through it which tells me that I'm learning how to play the game and I'm understanding it better. So it's really fun. I, I, I lose a lot. 
I find myself ramming my head against the wall a lot with some of the like dungeon puzzles and stuff because it's easy to get like like a thing that happens to me a lot in games is that I'll get somewhere and I'm like okay I need to remember this but then I won't remember how to get there later on when I need to and 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 like I'm just like no I know I got to this place and I, then I start to doubt I ever got there and it's a whole thing. Another thing with this game is you gotta save a lot because you will lose a lot if you don't. And then you'll forget what you did. So like you might miss like a whole section of treasure chests or something and then two hours later you'll accidentally run to that spot and be like, oh shit, I didn't grab all this stuff already. I thought I did. Well, I died and then I never went back there. Yeah, you gotta save a lot. But I'm having a great time and I've got uh, I got down to this to the uh, the Oh, I got to the Underdark, which is the depths of, you know, D&D or, you know, it's not quite purgatory. It's a physical place, but it's like getting close to the, the first layer of hell. And uh, it's it reminds me so much of the of the uh, of the depths and Tears of the Kingdom. But obviously this is inspired by actual D&D. So it predates that. But there's a whole ecosystem down there that's just completely different. And I got there like yesterday and i'm having a blast like that's why i said i was under dark warrior because i went down there thinking i was going to be doing one thing and then i talked to this one character and now i realized i'm going to be like doing the complete opposite of what i thought these people i was going to originally help i actually have to kill because they're very evil but yeah that's what i've been doing in Baldur's gate i'll i'll keep playing it and uh eventually i'm going to want to play some real D I think i'm already thinking about buying my own dice just because i like I keep seeing that D20 rolling every time I make a decision. And now I want my own D20. I'd be willing to give it a try again. I, I did play a, a bout of real D&D about two years ago now. But if you were into it, I might be willing to give, give it a try with you. Sure. Um, oh, actual D&D, yeah. I find it funny that D&D is like so popular now because when I was in high school... You know, D and D was the was like the dumb one of of the role playing games. You know, like it was the it was the super super basic thing, like Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Like I played it a couple times, but I thought it was kind of boring. You know, I think what we're a, learning more and more is that all the stuff the geeks liked back in the day is popular now. Yeah, I mean, but it was still like kind of surface level. Nobody's as, embarrassed to like cool stuff anymore. Yeah, I mean, it was like, but it right. was still like surface level of geek of geekdom or whatever. AD and D was like the, was like the Super Mario Brothers or whatever, like versus you know. Whatever else. I'm just saying it was it was surface level. And it wasn't even, I don't know. I didn't really think it was, the, the the lore of it or whatever was all that interesting. But, I mean, people like Magic the Gathering now, too. And I thought that was kind of a boring game, also. Well, there's a lot but of it's novels all, It's all kind of like uh, super, you know, super uh, entry-level stuff. But I played, I mean, I played D&D D- D- a couple times when I was in high school. Uh, RDM was kind of an asshole. Um, yeah. So, uh, it was, you know, whatever. But, I mean, I liked playing. I liked was playing. I a high school kid? Yeah. It was, uh, of course, it was. We were all in high school, uh, but uh, I liked playing Star Wars role playing more, just because I liked Star Wars better than, you know, Dungeons and Dragons or whatever, that sort of thing. And I played, and I played other stuff that wasn't D and D. And Jess and I, we played D and D for a second, like we did like three D and D things or whatever with uh, with some like theater people or whatnot, you know. And then we just kind of we did it for three weeks and then, you know, stopped <laughs> because it was like. We basically didn't want to do it. They did. They, they basically didn't want to do it on their days off, and it was what it seems like because right. they don't have that much days off in, uh, working in theater. So it's like, you know, I think they started doing it because they had like two days off, but it was also kind of like I think eventually they just didn't want to sacrifice one of yeah. their days off to D exactly. You know, so we kind of fell. Know. So we kind of fell out of it. But whatever. I'd want to play like 
on Zoom or something. It's you know, pretty like starter level role playing games, is what I was saying. Yeah, there's a. I would just want to do a bunch it of other ones, and then maybe meet up occasionally. But that's what I think would be the best. That way, you don't have to leave your house. That's probably why a lot of it's gotten more popular now too. Yeah, because you can easily 100%. you can easily do our uh, role playing stuff over Zoom. You know, you don't have to go. You don't have to go to people's houses. And there's anymore. like a tabletop s- simulator on Steam is supposed to be really good for yeah whatever games you want to play like that. But yeah, that's I I highly recommend you play it more, John. Um, it is it is a little tedious, like getting used to just how complex everything is, and I'm de- I'm not there yet. I barely understand anything about this game, but I will say that it gets more fun like the more you play it because you just do cool stuff. Like I was fighting a boss the other day and I just shoved him off, uh, off into a cliff and they just died and they were just gone. I was like, Oh, okay. I didn't get their drop. I didn't get their drop, but yeah, I still had to fight all their cronies, but like this boss was giving me a lot of trouble. And so like, I was like, what if I lure him over to that edge and just push him? And I totally (laughs) just killed him. Nice. It was cool. It felt, it felt like an, uh, what was it in uh, Double Dragon when the guy just walks off the edge? Oh, and uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you could uh, you could kick him off the edge if you if you went mm-hmm. up to the higher level and then you wait for that's him to come I mean. up the yeah, ladder and then him. you kick him off the ladder. I always did that in Double Dragon one and like level two or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always did that because yeah, it was much, if you tried to beat him regularly, it would take forever. It's much better to just kick him off the ladder. Well, if that's all you got, Jeremy, uh, I'll move on to a couple things I did. So I beat the complex. Complexes hey. that uh, FMV game. There you go. So you did beat. I quote so, unquote beat so, it. I watched a movie. Well, yeah. I mean, but you did. You uh, watched a movie, but you completed the challenge that I gave you of last week. So there you go. I said beat one of these yeah. twenty games that you got, and you beat the complex. I beat so there the you complex. Go. Hooray! Yeah. Good job. The easiest one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, but, yeah, those FMV games pretty much you'll beat it. If, so it wasn't know. that complex. It was not that complex. No, well, you'll, you'll, get, you'll, get, you'll get a ending, right? There's like multiple endings. Yes, yeah, so I got one. I got one of the good endings. I don't think I got the best one. I don't feel like I got the best ending, but I think I got a, a very good ending. And I, this game is probably my favorite. Um, you know, it, it's I, I, I like I like I like it better than the other one, the the late shift. It's, of all the new FMV games that have come out recently, this might be the best one. Although that that Uncle Marcus game was pretty cool too. But this one has a good story, and it just feels like a good episode of Black Mirror, which is pretty much every episode of Black Mirror. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, comparisons to be made between what the what, what that company does. It's, it's one production company. It's called the uh, Wales Interactive. They're in England, and I, th- I I think they share a lot of DNA with with Black Mirror. And I would not be surprised if if some of their production people were were the same. But it just feels a lot like a really good episode of Black Mirror where you are a researcher at a chemical facility and you get trapped inside the facility. It's like this advanced, uh, uh, super advanced, well, complex, um, state-of-the-art kind of place. And you get trapped inside with your former partner and a woman who's infected with your bioweapon that you created. And this woman might be a, a terrorist. And so all the while, there's some other, there's some terrorists trying to break in to steal the last known sample of this bioweapon because all the the other samples have been destroyed and the last known sample is inside this woman. And at the same time, you're in communication with uh, the CEO of the company who's trying to encourage you to kill this woman to extract the last sample. Uh, so it's, it's a pretty good setup that 
has a lot of inherent drama in it and it's one of those like like in tv they call it a bottle episode where it just takes place in tight quarters uh so it's something along the lines of like breaking bad the fly well i mean the the yeah the I mean, it's called the bottle episode because it takes place in one location. The, like bottle episodes are basically made to save money, or they originally were, where you don't where you don't have to go to multiple places. So they did. I mean, and they you know they did a bunch of bottle episodes that were like called bottle episodes, like in Community and stuff like that. And and they've done like they did one and you know did a couple in the X Files. But yeah, the idea was you only have a couple characters and you only have one location, so you could save on money and you know versus what but in within budget and that sort of thing. It really works for a game like this. It it feels like your choices actually matter. Whereas in late shift, I felt like some of those choices were just kind of, kind of random. And although it was, it was a good game. I enjoyed it. This this one just feels tighter. It feels like the best version that this company has done so far of an FMV game and totally worth it. Next time it's on sale. I think I I got it for like $6 or something. It's, you know, the price of a movie rental on iTunes. So definitely check this one out. It's really good. Oh, the other cool thing about this, I don't remember if this was in Late Shift or not, but when you press the pause button, there's a really useful interface where you can see via percentage what your standing is with all the different characters. And so if I have a poor relationship with somebody, you know, it's going to say you know, 25% or whatever. And like it just helps you to think about what decision you're going to make, who, who you want to try and win over. And it, it actually like, it was it was reliably useful in making those decisions and helping me to get to the end that I was aiming to get to. So I made it more like a game and less like a movie, just hitting the pause button and seeing where I stood with all the people in the movie. But the big thing that I did this week was uh, I revisited OC Remix. So I didn't even know they still like, existed. I guess I haven't, still I haven't looked, but I mean, there's still a website and all that. Can you still download like just raw midis and where you have to like cut them apart like yourself and all that uh, i don't know about raw midis but it was I you forget- know, mp3 files yeah i forget what it was like because um because yeah o- oc remix for anybody who doesn't know uh it was like basically like one of the first places i could go to find like video game music but m- most of it was like remixed or like you know yeah or whatever it's like all, it, it's it, all remixed you would so, basically yeah. take it hence the name you would take like an original uh whatever uh song from a video game and redo it but what was mm-hmm. also really interesting is that you could download full soundtracks and they would show up as a file oh, yes that's true but, but you, you had can. to but it would show it up as like one file but you had to use like a specific like um uh software for it and go through and like cut it at whatever minute you wanted it to cut at and you would basically create your own like mp3s from that which was really crazy so like i made my own like final fantasy 6 soundtrack like through that like just by going through and cutting the songs from the specific file and that was more interesting to me than the remixes because i just wanted somewhere to find the original video game music and all that you know yeah i know that you mentioned that that is all still on there so you can go download just like the raw mm-hmm. you know nes soundtracks or whatever but i downloaded back in the day like 20 years ago when i first found this thing and and also this was like the i don't know it was like the, the first hub for fandom of video game music it was something i think was instrumental in in uh, raising video game music's status in in the music world um so this place uh i back 20 years ago i, I downloaded a ton of songs and um at, the, at a time when it was all you know i was still using my port- portable cd player you know no one had mp3 well few people had mp3 players at the time it was like crucial if you're gonna make a cd like 
song selection was, was important because you want to like put the CD on and be able to like, listen to it for an hour straight and and just have like real like good songs on there, nothing skippable. I feel, I, I, I feel so, like I feel like we're a couple, we're like some old men here. Uh, or old people trying to explain to people like what an album is, or like you know when it used to be, uh, yeah. you know, you know, it, it reckon might, you know, it could only be like sixty minutes, so you had to like have enough songs on there, so it had an idea from like the beginning to the end, like like nobody's heard of like an an album or whatever. It's basically like that, but yeah, you're making your own album. What I'm trying to say is that out of you know, I, yeah, I downloaded like a hundred songs or whatever. I had those all on my computer, but like when I was making the CDs, like I really wanted to make sure that. I was going to be able to throw the CD on it and, and just have it play. And I, I'd never want to like take it out and pick another CD, whatever. So I think I did a pretty good job back then of song selection. And so I kind of like fell in love with these albums that I arranged and the CDs. So I've, I basically, I lost a couple of the CDs over the years. And then when I um, uh, opened up my CD book recently, like some of them had just degraded, like had holes in them and all that. And to top things off, my iTunes had crashed at some point over the years. And so I, my whole music catalog was just like gone. And all I really, all I, all I had again was my CDs, but there's no drives in computers and no, no disk drives in computers anymore. So I couldn't even load them up back into iTunes again. Well, finally for Christmas, I asked for a DVD drive for my computer and I got it. And so I spent the past couple of days just loading up all my old cds and i started with what remained of the oc remix cds so four of them still worked and some of the some of them were, were scratched up pretty bad and and some of them it was just like i could get a sample of what the song was and just get a reminder to myself of like what song i actually downloaded but the, the most difficult thing was that back in the day i had not recorded any of the actual metadata so i didn't know what these songs were called oh yeah and you probably know don't know yeah you don't know the it was person all just who track did one, it track or whatever two. yeah yeah right and so i just said all right i'm gonna go on oc remix and i'm gonna go search for i'm gonna go see every song before 2005 i think i made the cds in 2004 so i said i'll i'm gonna listen to every song before 2005 and i did wow i went on there just one by one listened to every song i was like this one sounds familiar this one sounds familiar and then i had you know, like I said, those couple of CDs that still worked, I was able to sort of like double check to see, yep, that, that was that song. And then I, I worked over like three days to find all the songs and then also try to arrange them in the same order that I had them, which was really interesting because those CDs, I played them so much. It was just ingrained in my memory for, for a lot of them. I would like hear the song end and I would know exactly what song was going to come next. And so I just, I, I reconstructed these albums. I put them back together. And, uh, yeah, I got them all ready to go. So I have five albums and I, I named them all after Jimmy Woods from the wizard. So I have the Jimmy Woods collection. It's been remastered in HD and it's hundred wow. songs ready to go. It makes it sound like he like actually wrote them, but he didn't. I did. He was, I, he was I just, put a lot just, of other people's hard ins- work he, into these albums. He was just inspired. No, I mean like the Jimmy Woods collection makes it sound like yeah. Jimmy Woods was, Jimmy a, Woods. he was a musician, but he's not. Did you say Jimmy Eat oh, yeah. Woods? <laughs> no, not Jimmy. Sure, there's Eat been Woods. a Jimmy Woods out there that plays. There, 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 were, there actually was when I put it in Jimmy Woods in my iTunes, it popped up with some other guy who was like a jazz musician. You know, it'll like automatically fill your 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 uh, album artwork and stuff. But yeah, I went through and I I 
made sure that everybody had their correct credit given on there. And sometimes I, I went and re-downloaded the song is straight from OC Remix as well. And when you do that, it has all the metadata on it. And yeah, it's all ready to go. So I put it on the on the drive if you guys want to download it. I think I did a pretty good job putting these songs together. Hell yeah. It'd be cool to to do a, a, a wart radio or something so everybody can hear it. Yeah, we'll um we'll do one of those in the future when I'm when I'm less behind on everything sure. I'm behind on because of the video. But uh once I get past uh the WRT radios, which I'm behind on, then we can do other stuff. So maybe like next month. That's what I'm saying. Nice. Maybe next month or the month after we can talk about that. Yeah, and then aside from all the the video game music, I I uploaded all of my CDs. So like 180 CDs. It, it took so long. It, it took like wow. it took a full week, basically. That That's what I was doing. That's dedication. Long. I would just, I mean, you know, some of those CDs, some of those CDs that I can't find, like if I don't find, if I, if I want to use it for, you know, most of the time I'll just want to use it for a podcast or something. But there mm-hmm. are like some like, you know, what whatever vocal CDs with actual bands or whatever that I want to find. And most of the time, if I can't find a CD, I'll just buy it digitally for like eight bucks or whatever. I won't bother yeah. like trying to find my CD and put it on the computer or whatever. I'll just buy it through iTunes. Except for I, had, I did that for I mean, a couple I had albums. That would have been so expensive though. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had 180 yeah. CDs. So it was either like take the time to upload them or, or just like lose them all and i didn't want to lose them all so well i mean thankfully my uh somehow my my itunes library has like traveled with me since like 2002 or whenever i first got an itunes library i still have the same cds that i burned like all the music that's on my itunes is pretty much burned from the cds that i got in early 2000s or whatever it's all still there somehow i don't know how i how i traveled from one to another i guess whenever i because whenever I started getting Mac laptops, I never buy one without a CD drive, by the way. And you can buy ones that aren't Macs that still have CD drives, the ones that are not mm-hmm. whatever Mac is. But, uh, but uh, yeah, um, but but anyway, whenever I started doing that, I started, like, putting everything on there. Whenever I got a new laptop, I would move one to another, to another, to another. There was one time where I had kind of an iTunes fiasco where it erased my playlists, which I was pissed about. But it didn't erase the music. It erased the playlist. And I was like, what the fuck, man? So ever since I've never updated my iTunes, but regardless, I had a similar thing where I had a couple CDs that I made. Like I had Nintendo, I had Nintendo DJ Volume One and Two, which were all OC Remix music, and those are still nice. on my computer, and I still have the disc. But I think the discs have like eroded, kind of like how yours are, and you can't play them anymore. And I also had a Zelda, I had like a Zelda dance mix that I can't remember what it was called, but it's over there. I can actually find it in the break. Uh, it's in my CD wallet. It's still here, like downstairs. With all the stuff in there, but uh, yeah, I had a similar thing, but wasn't as a as epic of a quest as yours was to to put it all back together. Because I've kind of been saving it over the years, you know. So it still have, I mean, there's still like some songs that still have scratches on them on my iTunes because that was how I imported them or whatever off the CD. So it'll still have a skip at one point, but it's you know it's nostalgic, right? It's like how it was before. So you know. If it really annoys me, like I said, I'll just buy it digitally for like a dollar or whatever, and have because I think I have that that one mod- modest mouse CD, like the Trucker's Atlas has a skip skip in it, which sucks because that's like my favorite song ever oh, from yeah. them. I yeah. think. I got are a you sure it's a, Yeah. Is it actually skip skip skip, or are you talking about the weird part of the song where it sounds like a skip? No, I'm talking about an actual skips. I know Trucker's Atlas. Oh, okay. I just said it was one of my favorite songs ever. I know how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's got like a weird like 
artifacting or something weird that happened in the recording process that no. they just left because they thought it sounded cool. And it happens in Trucker's Atlas towards the end. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, they do a lot of effects and stuff, but this one would just like... They don't know. They don't know where this sound came from. I watched like a documentary about oh. it. Well, this one, like, it sounds like it's not supposed to sound. That's what I mean. Not like I'm like, oh, this is, you know, it's I like, know what it sounds like. I listen to it a million times. Kind of like that. It just won't even start, really. It's just like... Like at the beginning, it's just, you know, that sort of thing. But anyway, I just bought a digital version of it, and now I have the complete album. It's just that one song. Same thing we had a... There was that one, like... um, There was that one Rapture song that skipped that we had on the disc. Remember the one would skip, like the third one or something like that? Uh-huh. And I think I might have burned like burned your copy because it didn't have a skip on it or something like that and kind of actually have Frankenstein a, uh, it together or whatever. But I have it on record I have now, the, so... You know. I also do. I yeah. have it on record. <laughs> And same with uh, same with uh, Trucker's Atlas. Uh, Jess got me like the the multi whatever the multi uh, album of that of of the of that album. Oh, cool! You got the vinyl of of uh, Lonesome Crowd of West. I did, yeah. The one that's like that that has like four that has like four discs because it's like oh, double layered or whatever. Good. It's like the best like version the best of it. Modest Mouse record. Yeah, yeah. Jess got that for me. It's pretty awesome. We listened to it. At the, on the on the on the record player. R.I.P. That. to that. It's a, one of the best drummers in. Yeah. Like, yeah, I always figured that was why they didn't play that song because they didn't have the same drummer. Or whatever. Well, he left for a little bit, and then he was their drummer again. Like starting, I think on this the album after Float On, he came back and he was with them until he passed away. Oh, he died. No, I didn't even know that. Or no, maybe yeah, I did. he had. Yeah, he, uh, Jer- uh, Jeremiah Green, I think is his name. He passed oh, I away. Think, of I think I did cancer. see that. I think I did see that around the time of maybe when I when I got the record. And he was not. I mean, he was in his forties. He's not that old. Yeah, because he was like, I think he was sixteen or seventeen when they took him on tour for uh, Lonesome Crowded West. And uh, the reason they like had him be in the band, they said, was because he had a van. Because <laughs> so he, he had could a- drive. He he was the one driving them like on their tour. Oh yeah, <laughs> and also the drummer. Nice. Yeah, no, that's still a it's a sick drum beat for that song, and that's our mm-hmm. modest mouse uh, beat for the week. This has been Ma- Mouse Cast. Yeah, this is this is uh, <laughs> this is modest mouse domain uh, episode one. No, uh, yeah, let's float on. Did you uh, did you have anything? Let's else float on want? into a break. Yeah, is it time to float into a break? Let's do that. Unless you had anything else to say about your epic OC remix quest. Nope, all good. All right. We'll have a break and come back and talk about all right already. Whatever else. Yeah, you. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon to hear our bonus shows, which happen every month. I'm a tired. 
Tired of all the big corporate podcasts spoon-feeding you the same old video game news on every single show? Ah, spaghetti. Ah, ravioli. Then expand! With Nintendo Main Expansion Pack. It's us talking about old games that were important to us. It's us interviewing people that we meet at conventions. And heck, it's live shows from those same conventions. It's basically everything you could want that Nintendo Main ever made. Here we go! And it's just a buck a month. That's less than a bad indie on the eShop. It's $12 a year, which is less than Nintendo Switch Online. <laughs> Thank you so much for subscribing to our Patreon and supporting Nintendo Main. Just go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast and... Hey, Mario, let go! He's throwing us back to the show! So long, gay Bowser! Patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast! Game over! break let's talk about news and stuff news and news 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 don't snooze or you miss the news i talked a little bit about uh games that are releasing this week we have prince of persia whatever it's called the lost crown is that what it's called i keep forgetting the subtitle the yeah prince of persia the lost crown comes out on the 18th for 50 bucks uh another code recollection is 60 dollars, but you can do you can use the nintendo voucher for it and you can get it for 50 which I didn't know, but I know now. It's eligible for a Nintendo voucher. I kind of want to get it just on the sole purpose of that I'd really like them to remake Hotel Dusk, so which was done by the same company. And the only reason I got this, I think, was because I played uh, Hotel Dusk and somebody lent this to me. It was like, try this one. But I never got into it as much as I did that one. And I would love to see that one remade. That was the one where you held it like a book. And it was like a, you, were de- you were a detective and there was like a, there was a murder in like a room in this hotel. And it was Is really- it related to 999? I don't think so. I think it is. I don't think so. It's different. We've no. had this conversation before. It's just the same people. They're different people. We've had this conversation before. <laughs> it's it's a similar. It's probably a similar game type, but it's not. What about that, three doors, three windows? I don't think it's. I don't think it's three the same cars. People. Whatever it was. No, we we totally had this conversation because uh, I looked it up after you said that it was, and it was not the same people. So different different developer, but no, same system, different similar game, but no, it's not like that. Um, but anyway, Hotel Dusk was a really, really cool game, and I would like to see it remade. To get, I'm surprised that this game actually got the love that it got. I mean, there must be, there must be some sort of a cult following, right? You know, somewhere for it. Yeah, those are the Zero Escape games. Yeah, it's a different company though. It's not the same. The the Nonary games. Yeah, it's different than the people who did this. I know. That's that. what they're called on Steam. But whatever those games are, they didn't make Hotel Dusk. 
That's all. Those are the only one of these games that I cared about was Hotel Dusk. I played it. I basically played it until I beat it because it was incredibly awesome. They did. Uh, they didn't do. They didn't do whatever those other games, but they did do Little King's Story, which was another game that was supposedly really good. I never actually played it, but I heard it was great. But they did. Uh, yeah, Hotel Dusk Room Two Two Fifteen. I knew there was a room in there, but it's like black and white, and it was hand drawn, and you're like this detective guy, and it's it's really cool. It looks really really good, and you played it like a book. So you held your DS like vertically, like like that, and it was really really cool. I, I remember playing it, basically playing it until I beat it. So I beat it over a couple of days. But they should, yeah, they should they should release that again. I'd like to see they should release Little King Story because I always wanted to play that game. But it, it it ended up it was like one of those games like uh like Dokapon Kingdom where it just was too rare and became really expensive and I could never pick it up for for Wii. So there you go. So yeah, that's that's coming out. Choo Choo Charles coming out on Thursday too. We talked about that before. I know it's cheap, uh, but yeah, Dead Tomb is an NES point and click game that we may be talking to the developer about. That's coming out on the nineteenth. That's this Friday for four ninety nine. It's an eight bit legit game. Those games are always priced very very at a very good price. So yeah, I will be purchasing yeah, that one for five dollars. Yeah, yeah. So I'll definitely check that out. And we are we are we already talked about the Golden Sun releases that happened in between. Let's see what else. What else do we got on here, John? You're normally our news person. Let me take it away. So Universal Orlando is rumored that they're getting Pokemon, Zelda, and Luigi's Mansion attractions. Now, I say take this with a grain of salt because I looked into this article and the source article, and neither of them gave any like real legit source or whatever, which is just kind of like hearsay at that point. I mean that yeah, that's a. a pretty logical assumption that those three major franchises are going to be added. But I I think they they didn't really do a good job of saying like, oh, this is some credible source told us and here's the other things that they did. They didn't say that at all, actually. Man, Luigi's Mansion would be such a creepy dark ride. It would be great. Yeah, it's it's funny that they put like, it's like all these popular all these popular uh, franchises, but I didn't think think Luigi's Mansion was that popular. I mean, there's. Yeah, I think they, that it, they, they keep making them. Not, I, I would love to see a Luigi's Mansion ride because I love those games, but I wouldn't put them up there with Zelda and Pokemon as far as like sales. Numbers. I think that it just makes sense as being a, a companion to the movie. There was that sequence in the movie. I mean, oh, sure. obviously, I think that was in the designs that they do some Luigi corner with you know scary stuff. And could make they for a good do theme park section. Bowser's inside story, and you're like going inside. Of, there's like a giant Bowser, and you're like going. <laughs> that would be cool. Like the like the uh, like that one museum where you go inside the heart. Yeah. Isn't that the science and industry in Chicago? I think so. The giant heart. Yeah. That's the one that has the like all the crazy like like separated bodies and stuff, right? Where you can like see the oh, cross sections no, and the organs. That that, that's a touring exhibit. As called, I say, that's a different uh, thing. Well, body, they had something like that, that at Body uh, World. Body no, World, they had yeah. something like that at the Museum of Science and Industry, though. Did they? No, they, they were advertising that in Vegas, the Body World thing. But no, I'm pretty sure. So what that is- bo- Body Worlds was at one time at the Museum of Science. Oh, okay. I, I saw it was, there. Yeah. That makes sense. This would have been like in the '90s when I saw it. So. Yeah, I don't. I mean, they. I, I'm sure that they had other. I remember they having other like uh, body part stuff next to the heart. I just remember the giant heart, and there's also like a mine that you can go into that's underground. Actually, one of my one of my cousins like was an actor on that. Like at whatever did the mine ride at a at Science and Industry. I remember that. That was kind of cool. But uh, yeah, that's so. Yeah, these um, yeah, it's kind of like I don't know. 
hopefully they happen because I think the Nintendo world, the Nintendo world for me really isn't that interesting. Like there's like two rides maybe. It's like so put some more rides in there so I'll maybe want to go someday. As of right now, it's yeah. not, not that. If I'm in the neighborhood, I'll stop by. But yeah. this one's going to be in the Florida one, which could potentially be cooler because it's it's the big the biggest one of them all. Yeah, but then, you have, but then you have to go to Florida. Make a trek out to go to any of them. I would go to the Florida one. Yeah, I mean, I. But then you have to go to Florida. I don't want to go to Florida. No, straight to Florida. <laughs> I don't ever want to go there ever again. It's a terrible place. I've been to Florida since '88. I haven't been that well. Yeah, I haven't been there since 2015, and I don't want to talk about why I was there. Moving I've been on. there since a couple months ago. Well, I'm sorry for you. Anyway, uh, what's the next thing? Uh, on to this one. So another rumor, Insider Gaming is claiming that three more Sega classics are being revived. In, the, in, in addition to the ones that were already announced, they're talking about Panzer Dragoon, Neon Genesis Evangelion, and Sakura Tyson, that they're in early stages of development. I mean, Neon Genesis Evangelion is, isn't a Sega thing, though. It's an anime. Yeah, I wonder if did they make a game or back in the day? Did Sega have the license back in the day or something? I mean, there were yeah, there were neon there were neon Genesis games, but I don't remember who did it. But that's kind of a weird like that's kind of a wild project for now. Like I don't know. I guess they did do those. They did do those sequels on Prime. They did those those uh, Prime movies or whatever of of Evangelion. I don't know. Well, they remade the whole series like a couple of times now i think well they did the well they did those uh they did those sequels to um they were sequels well i guess they were whatever requels whatever you want to call them but they were sequels the ones that were on they were on prime that were basically continuing after uh end of ava or whatever like that they did a whole fucking podcast about it and axe blood god i listened to it the multiple ones about even killing but yeah those those prime ones were we're basically like let's end it again and try to end it differently because it wasn't because there was there was like end of eva but then there was other stuff that there were various endings that were considered different endings, or I don't know. But there was new stuff, is what I'm saying. And along those lines, uh, Gematsu discovered that Sega had filed for a total of 12 trademarks. So in addition to those games, uh, there's some trademarks filed for Alex Kidd, Afterburner, House of the Dead, Outward, uh, Outrun, excuse me, Super Monkey Ball, Altered Beast, Kid Chameleon, and my favorite, Eternal Champions. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, bring back Eternal Champions. Give it its due, finally. It was a good game. Do you think Altered D- Beast is going to rise from your grave? Da, 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 da. I hope so. I like that game. I mean, there's, yeah, there's a lot of really good games in there. Uh, we've already seen, we already saw a remake of House of the Dead 1 on Switch, so it's not completely, you know, it's not completely dead. It's still kind of floating around, you know? And don't forget the DS game, Touch the Dead. Yeah, but that's not, that wasn't a Sega game. That had nothing to do with the House of the Dead franchise. That was a whole other oh. Thing. But it was House of the Dead. Well, it was a game where you tapped people and they blew up. But it had nothing. But it was to... House of the Dead. But it was not House of the Dead. No, it was. It wasn't a Sega game. It was a completely. Are you different... sure? Oh yeah, I have it. I own it. I could go find it and show it to you. Or, well, I, or I could just, or I could just look it up just online. Ruined. No, no. Touch, touch the Dead is made by like an American company or something. It has nothing to do with oh. House of the Dead. Not, not that. It, not that. I mean, American company. I think there was. I think what a uh, Overkill was made by a uh, an American company. Well, I played Typing of the Dead, and I know that was Sega. Yeah, Typing of the Dead was actually, but this isn't like Touch Touch of the Dead. It's just called Touch the Dead, and it was not made by. It's like, yeah, it's Eidos Interactive. Oh, it's, it's not. It's not. It has nothing to do with House of the Dead. <laughs> but well, I mean, the idea was you were, you just tap zombies and their heads explode with your stylus. It's game. pretty hard, actually. It is really hard. Yeah, it's a lot harder than it should be from the idea. But I have it. I have a physical copy of it. 
A new Outrun could be cool. It would be like Horizon Chase Turbo or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really interested on the Outrun thing, yeah. Because, well, there is, I mean, I guess we, we do have Outrun. Well, we have the Outrun, the regular arc, Outrun arcade game on Switch. but And there were sequels to it that were all different things. But yeah, it's like, what would you do with it now? Yeah, well, you'd probably make it more like, because Horizon was heavily influenced by Outrun anyway, so you could just kind of go back, go back and forth in that way. I don't know. Super Monkey Ball, like, there was a period of time where they were making way too many Super Monkey Ball games. So if they do, if they do bring it back, make it super, super well, I mean, we just got two Super Monkey Ball remakes, too, not that long ago. I mean, we got yeah. the remake of Banana Blitz, and then we got the remake mm-hmm. of Monkey Ball 1 and 2 also. So it's like, I guess you would just make a new one in the style of Monkey Ball 1 and 2 is what I would think you would do next. Yeah, go back to the basics. Yeah, make make like a three. Make, make you know, make the three that we never saw. Because after two, you got like the Monkey Ball Adventure game that wasn't very good and, and stuff like that, you know, so. They need to put Monkey Ball Jr. on the GBA. Oh yeah, well yeah, well on Nintendo Switch Online that would be awesome. I'd love to play mm-hmm. that on the TV. Jay mentions at the top of the show, but uh, there's an AI Game Shark successor which had claimed to know the Switch 2's release date, and then they backtracked. Yeah, it was uh, it was kind of just I threw it in there as an intro, but yeah, it happened at CES. It was I feel like they're just kind of being like yeah, they just be like oh, we'll be out whenever the Switch 2 comes out in September. You know, and they just kind of throw like an actual date. And yeah. then when and yeah. then when they were talked later about it, they're like, "Oh no, we're we're just we're just throwing out dates. We don't know. We don't know anything." Did we ever talk about uh, the Mar the AI Mario at CES? Did we mention that last week? I don't think we did. Oh, I saw it. No, we didn't talk about it. Yeah, uh, and, and what, a lot and because it? of early early reporting on it, made it seem like it was officially Nintendo endorsed, but it was not. No, it was not. It was. Like- it was a really. Yeah, it's real shitty. I don't know if you've seen it, Trey. It's, it's, it's the touch. Shitty. It's the touch the dead of AI Mario. It's the touch the dead of <laughs> AI Mario. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know what it is. No, really, I, I didn't look into it. But I mean, I've seen. So it, it, I've essentially, seen it, around. It, it was like some company was was advertising it. I think their their AI or whatever, but using Mario and the setup was essentially what what Nintendo typically does at these live events, which was you have a CG Mario on a screen and then you'd have Charles Martinet in the back, you know, talking and animating the character or whatever. But this this thing was a pretty good advertisement for why we need Charles Martinet back in, in the field. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it, yeah, so it he could make it. it. The, the Mario was just like standing there real static and then the voice was completely off. It was just like some Joe Schmo off the street <laughs> as Mario. It was pretty bad. He also, like, I don't know, just very, the video I saw just very low energy, not Mario at all. It's like, what did you, what energy. would you eat for dinner? I don't know, maybe a sandwich, or I don't know. It's just, it's just really like, <laughs> it's really like, I don't know why I what I don't want to talk to this guy. He's really boring. What if Mario were heavily medicated? That's pretty much what, what came out. Yeah. yeah, he's like, I'm a tired, except not. Yeah, except not that for good. artificially <laughs> intoxicated. Yeah, he's he's like that. Uh, I don't know, like the the voice you'd hear in the cartoons where the voice is not like it at all. It's just some like angry janitor. It's like, hey, what do you want? I ain't say anything to you, kid. Get out of here. I'm not doing the Mario voice. I don't know. Something like that. Don't run in the halls. <laughs> we got a couple of game announcements. One is Rocket Knight Adventures Resparked, which, I don't know, do you guys remember the Rocket Knight Adventure games? It was a Konami game from back in the day. I think it was on Super Nintendo Genesis. I remember the name. I remember the I remember the, the character, but I don't think I ever played any of them. I never played any of them, but cool. The uh, the one after this was kind of funny. I watched the video of the, it's like a Castlevania knockoff. It's called the Transylvania Adventure of Simon Quest. I was watching it and I was like, oh, this game looks cool. And then it's like, 
release 2025 and i'm like why are you even why, why are you even putting this stuff out here like why they're not even going to be a switch one until 2020 in 2025 right i mean it's kind of funny to announce something like especially something that looks like an nes game that's like coming out next year it's like oh, okay i mean i guess you know you got to get your funds together but I was it just looks like, really silly. Yeah, I thought it looked silly and fun, but then it was like 2025, and I'm like, I'll forget about this by the time it comes out. Oh, you can pet the dog in it. Yeah, <laughs> make sure of that. Yeah, but I did think it looked cool, you know. But it's also like, why, you know, I don't know, so far away. One that's not that far away is Hitman Blood Money coming out on the 25th of this month. Yeah, I put that down for you. I mean, how do you? What is your excitement level on the on the new the new Hitman? And this isn't. This isn't like it, the man. one that you played. Like this is a native one. It's not. It's not a. Um, it's not a cloud game. It's. It's. A, it's like runs natively on the Switch. Well, not only that, it's from the I think uh, PS3 generation. Yeah, it's a remake. I played yeah. it on 360. I, I do believe. Okay, so it was yeah. That. Time. So my excitement level is yeah, mo- moderate. I like. I, I love the new Hitman style. Like I, I look forward to another Hitman in that style. You know, some days, years down the road, but to go back and be—it's um, more of a curiosity to me, because the last Hitman game I played before these these games was uh, Silent Assassin Hitman Two on the GameCube. Yeah, yeah. So it's so, probably better than that one. Better than that, but yeah, not not quite as good as the ones that that I love. I thought you'd be interested in it just because I'm of your love for, sure. for Hitman. It. It's on sale. You can get it for twenty four ninety nine now and preload it. It's on sale probably till whenever it releases, which think, is the twenty fifth. Yeah, I mean thirty seems like a pretty high price for uh, what a how old is this game now? Eighteen years old or something? I, I would have liked it if, if it was twenty or something. But you can get it for twenty four yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, just, on sale. Just yeah. four ninety nine more on sale. You know. It's not that much difference. I mean, you know, I'm sure they added stuff to it. I'm sure it doesn't look exactly the same as it originally did. Right. I hope so. Yeah, I'll get that. And then uh, Eastward Octopia for six bucks. I put that on there just because uh, I saw it on the eShop. And yeah, it was, I would just was kind of blown away by how cheap it is. So Eastward was a game that I know Jeremy had pretty high on your list, like whatever year that came out. And Eastward was kind of, I played some of it too, but it was a very like dark game. And Octobia is basically like this addition to it where you can farm, like yeah. uh, Stardew Valley or whatever. Which seems I totally kinda, forgot about this. Which seems kind of weird, but I didn't know no, what it was 31st. gonna. I didn't know what it was gonna. Uh, what price it was gonna be or whatever. But like, it's like six bucks, and I'm like, well, fuck, six bucks. Like that's a that's great. I totally thought like, it was a free so download. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, but six. I mean, it could have been like thirty bucks or twenty bucks or I don't know. You know, who knows how like high they're gonna get into it? But I'm interested to see. Yeah, like how you, it's like, hey, you know, come back to this game where maybe the main characters died or didn't and farm with them alive. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I didn't beat it, so I don't know. I'm just kind of guessing from from what I uh, heard on this It was something podcast. along those lines. It was kind of like uh, sort of what's implied is that they split up and then later on she sees the main character and he's like basically just destitute and mentally unstable. Maybe this is in his mind then, the, the, the farm. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe the happy farm is uh, is is in is in the mind, but no, it's coming out at the end of the month, and yeah, five ninety nine, super cheap. Check it out. This next one is really interesting to me. Okay, so it's it's a bit, so it's something that I had to wrap my my mind around when I heard it. I was like, what, R- really, what? Okay, and then all right, so it's Quake, right? There's a Quake update, 
uh, free update five levels. That's not what's so exciting to me. Although that's pretty cool. What's exciting to me, I won't say exciting. What's interesting to me is that this is a prelude to an upcoming game called Slave Zero X. Well, it's no, it's a pre. It's it's not a. It's not to an upcoming game. It's to a game, an old game from Dreamcast. No, no, here, here's, what out, right? here's what it is. It's a prelude to an upcoming game called Slave Zero X. Oh, okay. And Slave Zero X is a prequel to a game from 1999 that was on the Dreamcast and PC called yeah. Slave Zero. Right. Which and, and, and I it's had not that even, game. And it's not even a first-person shooter. Like, I looked at it, and it's like a third-person robot game or something, right? Yeah, kind I'll, of I'll robot action, a, whatever. A, yeah. It's a it's a third person mech game. So where you're like a giant robot stomping around the city and and shooting things, right? Now this game I, I had this game back in the day. It was okay. I never thought it was great. I thought it was kind of mediocre. I had some critiques about it. Like I th- I thought that uh the camera angle being up in the sky was kind of like to its detriment I, for a giant robot any giant robot game i want a low angle mm-hmm. on those robots i want to feel like those robots are giant and to me like like that was i don't know it was just not a not not a great it was an okay game i i forgot about it and then i hear this announcement about quake having uh uh this this, this this DLC based on an upcoming game called Slave Zero X, and that, that rang a bell. And I read into the article, and the article says, oh, yeah, it is, in fact, a, pre- a prequel to an old game called Slave Zero. I was like, what? Mm. Oh, what? What? Okay, so there's a new Slave Zero game coming? Like, I had no idea there was even a fan base for this what i thought was pretty mediocre game back on the dreamcast yeah it got a it got a 3.2 out of 10 at ign i wow. did, did not care for yeah, it well, on dreamcast so it didn't uh, i was just i was really like i saw it and i was like what the fuck and the main reason i looked it up is i was like oh there's a first person shooter from like 99 that i didn't know about but then i found out it was a robot game and i was like oh well oh um you know i was more excited about the this like you know some first person shooter that i didn't know about but i am i actually have it i have quake going behind me right now and i actually do have it downloading it's it's you have to go so you update your quake game but then you have to go into the add-ons on the quake and mm-hmm. then you have to specifically download the slave zero levels to play it so there's a little extra to it's just not not automatically going to show up but i'm definitely going to play it i watched some videos of it and it looks it's basically quake but all the guns are different and the world's different and it's like in a you know futuristic looking area and Sure, you know I'm a sucker for first person shooters, so I'll uh, I'll definitely play it. Yeah, I'll try this too, and I'm actually I'm interested in the sequel, Slave Zero X, just because like the improbability of it. Like, why 25 years later is this mediocre Dreamcast game getting a sequel? I would really love to know. But is it going to be? to be? Is it going to be like also a Quake mod, or is it a completely separate thing? No, it's a completely separate game. It's a, actually a 2D side-scrolling action game oh which weird. is just another even weird <laughs> level of mind fuckery because it's it's not e- it's not even a first person sh- it's not a third person and it doesn't it's even a completely different genre and it doesn't even have anything to do with quake like why i guess it's probably just maybe it's just somebody just really excited who loves the slave zero lore or whatever and what and just made their own quake mod levels based on that world it, it's so it's so bizarre you know like but i'm glad yeah. that it's available for free for people to play I mean, why not? I have no idea, but they have me hooked just on the what the fuckery of it all. Like, 
<laughs> what is going on? Why did why did Slave Zero come back 25 years later? This forgotten mediocre Dreamcast game. Because you know, there's always okay. that there's the, that person like Jeremy who just keeps talking about like Urban Yeti or whatever. You know, where there's this like one weird game that you will always hold the candle. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna remake. Hold the candle for you know, and then eventually you'll yeah do a Urban Yeti sequel prequel on Quake or something weird like that. You know. Yeah. Actually, it happened. It was called uh, Ape Out. Yeah. Or you do, you know, or, or like, or like you make like a Mario Maker level or something like that. That's supposed to be the prequel to a sequel to some weird random Game Boy Advance game or whatever. I don't know. You know, it's like that one game that you just always wish it had a prequel, or or you got so excited that it had a prequel. Maybe I think they just like got so excited that it was getting a sequel that they made their own Quake levels, building up yeah. to the sequel prequel or whatever. I mean, I could see myself doing that. You know, if I had more time, you know, I'd, I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna make a level on. Time Splitter that you know I probably did that in Time Splitter too. I made all sorts of weird levels. I made our I made our a chapel from from oh. co- from college in that in that game and I made a whole story where we got to kill all the teachers. It was fun, but yeah. Then you have to rescue Kirka's brain or something. Something like that. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I think it was Kirka's brain was. Yeah, you had to you had to find and you had to shoot some other professors on the way. I think I, I don't I don't think it's a. Uh, I think my uh, GameCube memory pack got fried, so you can't. Oh, find man. it but it's too bad because it was i put a lot of time into that level but yeah uh check that out on quake and <laughs> slave, slave zero x i'm i'm extra interested in it too i'm kind of a little interested in whatever that prequel is you know whatever valve has shut down the fan demake portal 64 that's sad but do you guys remember that someone was demaking portal for the nintendo 64 i don't remember that. i don't but... even remember i don't i never saw it, it. Makes sense. it was cool i mean it was this was going on for a while now. I feel like I last heard about this a year ago, at least. But Valve uh, shut shut him down, gave him the cease and desist. And uh, the guy, the developer's name is James Lambert. He said he urged, he urged his fans not to be mad at Valve. Um, doesn't blame them. Like, it's their IP. He's pretty level-headed about it all. They should just hire him. Should just hire him, yeah. He got a lot of attention. I think he's, he's probably gained something from, from all this. For me, I always wondered now, like, why do why does anybody making these kind of things with somebody else's IP ever announce it? Why don't you just like work in in your little hole, whatever, until you're done, and then put it out when it's done? I don't know. I think people just get excited, and you know, yeah, they get carried away, and they don't think ahead. Like they don't think they're going to be noticed, probably. So I mean, just to be noticed, to be given that cease and desist is is probably a, a, a you know. Or not a badge of honor, honor. yeah, badge of honor. That's what I'm trying to say. Probably want to show what they made or you know their progress. And it's one, like one uh, I can't remember who it was. Yeah, one person saw it and tells another person, another person, and then it blows up and they get pulled. I'm trying to remember which developer that was that was doing like a. Uh, it was a Japanese developer, but he was doing like a a Kickstarter for something or GoFundMe or whatever. One of the one of the goals was that he was going to follow you and then block you on Twitter. <laughs> or no, he was going to block you on Twitter, and then the other one was he was going to follow Camilla, you. Right? He was going to block. Was you. it? Yeah, yeah, that was it. I'll say, wasn't it the guy from yeah. uh, the guy from Platinum, the one who yeah, like uh, it who, was? Yeah, who that was who uh, blocks you anyway? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. didn't it have to do with um, Wonderful One Hundred One or something? I thought that was part of. Yeah, it uh, was of the Wonderful One Hundred One Kickstarter or something. It like was. That, I remember where, now. Where he, yeah, uh, where he blocked. But yeah, I, I mean, getting blocked by a public figure on the internet is like that would be a badge of honor for me, for sure. Or of course, I wouldn't have to. I wouldn't want to be too like. <laughs> I wouldn't want it to be for me being like just insufferable. But 
being like obnoxious for a good reason. Yeah. Right. I mean, I anyone can be obnoxious. I would rather it be for hurting their feelings because that's punching up is always good. Jeremy, I thought you might be interested in this, but somebody made a real life inscriptions uh, inscription board game. I was interested. I saw that and I mean, um it seems like I I think I remember seeing something about that like being a crowdfunded project at one point too possibly. Yeah, I think I saw it somewhere. Yeah. I mean, it looks like it's really high quality. I mean, the price of it is $448. So yeah. yeah. But it looks like it's all like carved from wood and whatever. And I don't know. The cards look, look, look totally accurate to the game and everything. It looks really cool if you're a huge ins- inscription fan and you want to spend $448 on a board game. The thing about it is I wonder cool. how they I wonder how they do the uh, custom cards because like the custom cards are, are critical in that. Um, or if they have like blank cards, but you don't want to ride on your $448 game set maybe they've got like little like color color forms or something maybe it's got a it's a dry erase thing or something yeah i want like to be like uh static clings or something that'd be cool or like a little digital screen i tried to get back into that game this week and you know i never really got got into it since i got it what about three weeks ago but basically when i when i started the game up first about three weeks ago i had a bunch of other games i was just sampling every game just taking trying to look for a little bit here and there and now when i went to go play this one again like to actually sit down and try and play it like i was i I didn't remember at all what what i was doing so i was trying to figure out how to delete my save file which i've never on the switch deleted any save file uh you know on on the system and then an inscription if you've played it before you know that like you you, you you can't really go there's no there's no way to actually delete the save file in the game no like because the interface is that you've essentially found this person's game from years the, ago whatever. the title the title page is part of the game yeah title page the, is part of the game splash screen or whatever when i went on the title page to actually try and delete and reset my data it just kind of jokingly it was like eh, you can't do that you can't do that it's like, but really, I want to actually delete my save file. So what do I do? Nope, can't do it. So I got to figure out how to delete it, and so I can start over. Interesting. Yeah. You know, if if you, I mean, if you wanted to, you could always just use a different profile on your system. Yeah, but then I'd have one odd game that isn't on my profile. I've got two profiles, and well, you could also like play that one up to the point you are in the other game, and then switch back over. That's a good idea. I might do that. Yeah. You just as a refresher. You could do that too, yeah. I'm just saying, if it won't let you start from the beginning, you could always just do a different profile. I don't think there's a whole lot that happens in the first like hour or so of the game that you couldn't just like redo with. I don't think you like make any huge decisions that change anything. But I think you're gonna like like the the sort of like meta of the game. Like once you start, because the game just really puts you in the you know position of being that like finding this guy's stuff and you're going through his files and. Later on, you're like going through video files and stuff, and it's really cool. Yeah, I mean, I guess you. Kind of, I, think. I guess you saw that it, the the game starts out with him showing that, right? Starts no, out it with. You're just playing the game, yeah. Hmm. I thought this was cool of Nintendo. Uh, they donated 50 million yen to Japanese earthquake victims, and they promised free repairs on damaged products. Wow! Oh, from the earthquake, like of theirs. From the earthquake, stuff. yeah. That's that's cool. That is nice. Yeah, really nice. I think uh, here's the statement from Nintendo. They said, we would like to express our deepest sympathies to everyone who's affected by the Noto Peninsula earthquake. We will provide free repairs for our products requested by people in areas where disaster relief 
the Disaster Relief Act applies in response to the Noto Peninsula earthquake for a period of six months from the application of the uh, Disaster Relief Act in each region. In addition, we will donate 50 million yen through the Japanese Red Cross Society to support those affected by the disaster. That's very cool. That is cool. Definitely cool. Um, there's a, I know this next one, we'll end with that one, but I want to add a couple of things before we go. Uh, Dragon Quest Monsters, the Dark Prince, has surpassed 1 million in sales, so hooray. The little game that could, in that came out in December that nobody seems to care about, uh, it sold a million copies, so good for them. I think it just like snuck in and everybody had already done all their coverage, and I felt like it got like no coverage whatsoever. I think the only person that's talked about it on any podcast ever is Nadia from Axe of the Blood God. It's just like the only one, Will and me, holding the flag for uh, Dragon Quest Monsters. <laughs> you know, that came out in December. I said nobody else said anything about it. But yeah, hooray, one million. Good. And they they had, they 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 let they like had a big update too. Like they dropped a huge update that like tweaked a bunch of stuff and switched a bunch of things around. Like I looked in looked through the through the patch notes and it made it kinda like you know, made made it easier to catch some monsters and some other stuff. Like you, you know, made like some things like a re reset earlier and like kinda like went through all these things. I was like, Oh man, it's gonna feel like a playing a whole different game now, now that they reset all the shit. I saw that on there. Uh, interesting thing, too, I guess, uh, I didn't even know this was a thing, but Rock Band, what was it? Um, Harmonix says that they're not doing any more DLC for Rock Band 4. I really thought there was no DLC for Rock Band 4. I had for no like idea years. they were still... But I guess they're officially ending it to... When did Rock Band 4 come out? I don't know. 2015. Even. I was going to say, when was Rock Band, like... Uh, but I guess they were still supporting it in some way, but they're ending it to support, you know, uh, Fortnite, uh, whatever it's called, the Fortnite performance or, you know, yeah. the, the, the festival. New, yeah, festival. That, that's it. And they're supposedly you can use your. So I got to find out. It says you can use Rock Band 4 instruments, but I wonder if that means you can use Guitar Hero as well. Or like you can use them now? Is what they're no, saying? no, no. Eventually they're supposed to bring that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They, they said they were going to update it to use. Um, yeah, to use uh, guitar instruments. I don't know if it's specifically Rock Band, but I do have a Rock Band guitar and a Rock Band drum set. But I also have... I was hoping it would just be USB. You know, if you had one that used yeah. USB, you could plug it in. Or and Bluetooth get it to work like nice. that. You know, so... Because I have a... Because between Jess and I, we have a large collection of plastic instruments. I have a whole um, closet for it downstairs here that where I put all our plastic instruments. So hopefully I could, you know, I wouldn't mind like breaking out one of those guitars and playing it. Also, we got, Jess has a great uh, collection of the Guitar Heroes on PS2, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. like all of them, pretty much all of them all the way up through uh, whatever, pretty much until they were done on PS2. So, but yeah, I'd like to try that whenever, whenever that update comes out, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll get one of those guitars out of there and see if I can get it to work on my Switch. That'd, that'd be fun. So that'd be cool. But yeah, um, we can end it with, let's end it with uh Mr. with Mr. Mitchell here. The the rise, the fall and rise of Billy Mitchell. He's back. He's back, baby. Him in that white suit, never going away. Reinstated all of Billy Mitchell's world records. I haven't heard why necessarily. Anybody did you I mean did you read what it says here? It says uh today, January sixteenth, twenty twenty four. Yeah, this is a statement from Billy. Oh, it says yeah, has reinstated all of the video game world records. Well, this is what Billy Mitchell says that I achieved in my career. Effective immediately, Twin Galaxies. Here's Twin Galaxies' statement on the website reads in this pertinent part. In fair consideration of the expert opinion provided by Dr. Zeta on behalf of Mr. Mitchell and consistent with Twin Galaxies' dedication to the meticulous documentation and preservation of video games score 
history, Twin Galaxies shall heretofore reinstate all of Mr. Mitchell's scores as part of the official historical database on Twin Galaxies website. So, and, and I think I saw Billy Mitchell said something like posted on Twitter and he said like, now nah, I'm going to go back to ignoring all of you on Twitter or something like that. Yeah. I saw that. The expert is, opinion of Dr. Zeta. Who's Dr. Zeta? I don't know. Some person that Billy Mitchell brought in that they, uh, that they Probably, trust. Yeah. So there you go. Well, all right. The world keeps on ticking. So Billy Mitchell back again. Never surrender. <laughs> I wonder how Walter Day feels about it. I don't know. Yeah. Hopefully I will run into him at a, at a, convention again and i can ask him i still remember then billy mitchell followed me on twitter was it because we posted about him after like right after because we because we talked to him like for a second yeah then we were like billy mitchell got a bum deal we were using that as a yeah i was trying to use hashtag yeah i was trying to get that uh yeah i said billy mitchell got a raw deal that's what i was raw deal that's right yeah but we did talk to him we should have we should actually recorded him but we did we did talk to him yeah i got a picture of me with him and his hair looks like a helmet yeah, and he was at yeah he was in that fucking bar the like the bar with the beer with the beer info in the bathroom. He's wearing like a white suit. And yeah, yeah, his white suit. Tie. Yeah. yeah, he was very. Yeah. He was he's very much a character. Like he was very much very Billy Mitchell. Like he you know he's he's playing him you know he's playing himself. Like up, I bet he feels pretty nights. happy that the yeah. that the mullet's back in style. Now he's like <laughs> he just he just wrote it out until it came back. I mean, he's a, you know, he's a pretty, he's a pretty funny guy. Like we, you know, we, we talked to him briefly at the long time ago. We did a, we did an episode about Billy Mitchell. Like when I, when I, when Jess and I met him at that uh, arcade fest or whatever in Chicago and he mm-hmm. was pretty cool, you know, he was cracking jokes to us and we watched his, uh we watched his like presentation, which was kind of a total mess. Like, I don't, I don't even know what he was trying to say about anything, but uh, you know, he, he seemed like a nice guy and he was and he was funny and whatever, you know? But yeah, we watched we watched his like panel, and it was just like him kind of rambling for like an yeah. hour, and it just like didn't go anywhere. And I'm like, okay, but yeah, no, he like you know he's I I have a I have it I have my King of Kong poster framed with his with him and Walter Day's signature on it, and you know he's he was he was pretty nice. He's like he's like I don't want he's like he's like I want to sign on my hair, I might mess it up, you know. He's like being being all silly and all that, and I don't know. He was nice. He was nice to us. We like took a picture with him and mm-hmm. and a guy in a Pac Man suit and all this stupid shit, but. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. He was. I thought he was all right. And uh, what was it? Uh, our friend uh, was a mutual friend of the show, Caitlin. She always said that he was nice. He was nice to yeah. her. I don't know. I mean, I heard yeah, like a lot, a lot of people who, a lot of people who know him, you know, yeah. knew him well. Spoke spoke up for him and said he was right. When he's not playing, he was a good. He was a good dude. You know. Well, I mean, he had this this big popular movie too, which set him out to be a a, a villain. And you know, I don't except know. for when he bought the Mrs. Pac Man machine for the. Or no, it was Cubert. Oh, you bought that machine. Yeah, yeah, he did all that nice stuff for the Cubert lady. I remember that. I mean, I don't know. It's uh, yeah. He always uh, that was basically he was trying to talk about how he was portrayed wrongly in the movie and all that, but he kind of just rambled a lot. And he talked about some other documentary that he did with some other people, and he was trying to play a a voice message that they left him on his phone, and it took him like ten minutes to do that. And I'm like, I'm like, where is this going? I don't know. <laughs> it's like it was it was kind of a mess, but it was kind of fun too to see at the same time. But I think that's that. I think that's, uh, unless anybody has anything else to add for the news, I think we're good. Nope. Apparently, Dr. Michael Zeta was an expert witness at the court trial, and he comes from USC. So there's his credentials. Oh, okay. USC? Like, mm-hmm. Okay. USC. Okay. I don't know what that means. Where he teaches 
a class of UFC documentation. USC, University of Southern California. UFC, oh. Urban Fighting Championship. Yeah, that's what I thought. It was like uh, some, yeah, ultimate fight, like, yeah, like ultimate fighters or, or whatever. Yeah, he just came in and said, reinstate his scores, I'll beat your face. And they're like, we respect his expert opinion. We're going to reinstate his scores. <laughs> Yeah, he scares us all. So, uh, yes, you, you have it, Billy Mitchell. All right. And uh, that's been our episode 405. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you want to hear more of us, go to patreon.com slash podcast, And you can hear our bonus episodes. The uh, one where we talked about the swan songs is available up there now. So you can listen to that for just a dollar. And you can listen to the 56 other ones as well for a dollar. So it's pretty cheap. You get a whole lot of uh, listening uh, time in there if you if you want to support us in that way. Also, you can watch the the Wrestle Chat uh, stream that we do on Monday nights, which we're actually going to do one tonight too, which you can see it on youtube.com slash podcast and twitch.tv slash podcast. Just look up our name and you'll find it. You can find Jeremy and I on the on the Twitter at jmaxstack and at nintendo underscore domain and uh, yeah, all that stuff. Uh, we've been your hosts. I'm Trey Johnson. Jerry Mikowski. John Litter. And thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. See ya. Because some of them I couldn't even remember what game they were from, even you know, like you know, you have to like get down to the base of it to, I don't know. Yeah, I was saying, I didn't have things, didn't, like, didn't have the dedication yeah. that you did to to go through that. Much. Actually, made a whole spreadsheet. Which yeah, I'm sure you did. I shared that you like you. you do like spreadsheets, so it doesn't I, I like me. spreadsheets. Yeah, I have all the information on there. Doesn't you do me. like spreadsheets? I heard about that on your spreadsheet podcast. You do. That's uh, true. Yep. <laughs> excelling with john this is <laughs> i was gonna say this is spreadsheets 101 with john folks is selling us that's better